This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today? Doing great, my friend. It is Friday, the last day of the week. Um, much like you, uh, exhausted. Had to do a late night uh, for a big walk this morning, so didn't get home till about one a.m. Put the show together. Got to bed about two, two thirty, somewhere in there, and uh, didn't help the night before. I got a little sleep too, but uh, <laughs> ready to be extra goofy and wacky, I guess. So, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, you know what? I, I'm feeling better now. Uh, a little behind-the-scenes stuff for uh, those who enjoy sort of those sorts of things. Well, uh, yesterday I had a big database crash, and so was very concerned that I uh, wasn't going to have everything back up and running in time for today's show. But uh, we're so dedicated to you guys, the listeners, that uh, sure enough, went through and uh, got it all back up and running. And guess what? We are here now and doing our show for you. So uh, I was up till about midnight doing that, but you know what? It's It was well worth it. Yeah, definitely. We were close to having to run a best of not only that, but you've got a flight to catch literally as the show ends today. Um, and then, of course, a little tidbit for our viewers. Monday, we'll be running a best of because you'll be in California with the Phoenix <laughs> Brothers. It was the Phoenix boys. That's right. Yeah. So uh, as Tony mentioned, uh, we will be running a best of on Monday. So uh, we won't have Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. But uh, we will be back Tuesday with a brand new show. So you certainly won't want to miss that. Uh, Now let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question from my co-host, Tony. When is it okay to blame something on your kids? Oh, like uh, you blame your kids for a lot of things if you really wanted to. Um, I think an acceptable one is uh, if <laughs> if you ate like the cookies or something, right? Like uh, if you're married, you got kids, uh, you eat that sweet treat, like your wife tells you not to eat or something, like no one touched that, you eat it. And then they say, who ate the cookies? Oh, <laughs> little Johnny over here. Was it me? Yeah, so I think that would be an acceptable time to blame your kids. Uh, stealing a sweet treat there. I think that's 
fair enough. Uh, well, there's this woman out of Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, you know, it, it is a place for families. So a, a Georgia woman accused of attempting to hide a loaded firearm in some plants outside of Disney World theme park told deputies her six-year-old was actually the one who put it there. However, video and witness statements showed otherwise. The October 8th incident happened when the Advent Health Worker checking temperatures before guests entered Magic Kingdom at the Ticket and Transportation Center, notified security after seeing a woman take something from a stroller and place it behind some plants near the tents before the security checkpoint. The woman then proceeded through the metal detector into the park. Security alerted the Orange County Sheriff's Department, uh, who looked inside the purse near the planter and immediately recognized the butt of a firearm. At that point, the woman, identified as Marsha Temple, approached the deputy and said, Ma'am, that's mine. When the deputy asked why Temple had a firearm at Disney, she told the deputy, I told my son to hold it for me and stand right here while I go get my brother. He put it down and messed with the plants and I put, and I put them back. But I didn't know he put it down and I didn't know he left it over there. Sure. Temple placing the purse in the plants was captured. I on didn't it. know. <laughs> it was captured on Disney World security cameras. Obviously, there's cameras everywhere. When asked why she would give a gun to a six-year-old, Temple said she asked him to hold it so she could get her brother and take it back to the car. Either way, she is uh, definitely not a winner. You know, stashing it and then blaming it on your kid is almost not as bad as just handing a loaded firearm to your kid. Oh yeah, yeah. That is uh, that is when it is awful. You definitely don't do anything like that for sure. That's that's just terrible. Yeah, and so in that case, uh, she was charged with concealed firearm, posted a five thousand dollar bail. I would assume that the punishment would be more severe, but hey, you never know. Oh, I, pe- people never cease to amaze me, and this one actually could have fallen under Florida man because it did take place at Walt Disney World down there in uh, Florida. So. <laughs> yeah, that that one very much could have. Yeah, it's just amazing to me. It's like uh, when people come into my work and uh, they shoplift, it's usually they'll stash it in the uh, baby's, uh, you know, like the stroller, their diaper bag. I've seen things like that. And then they use their kids' accessories to steal stuff. And I think that's terrible. That's, that's an awful thing to do. But I've, I see it happen, though. It does does unfortunately happen. That it does. Well, folks, we have a wonderful show lined up for you today to close out the week. It is Friday. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. We're looking forward to the weekend. And as we do on Fridays, we're going to take you out into the weekend on an up note with good news, everyone. We have a topic called Truck Size Plot Holes. Our call-in topic today is inappropriate costumes. The more offensive, the better. We have G-Man's matchups, NFL Week 8. Rounding out the show is This Day in History, and up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. Now, we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It's a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you blamed your six-year-old for holding your gun for you. You never know. But if that's the case, give us a call on the Phoenix Line, that number 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, October 30th, and here is the Filippo Fast. Five. All right. Uh, starting it out, Sasha Baron Cohen, a.k.a. Borat, has donated $100,000 to babysitter Janice Jones. Janice Jones appeared in the film after she said she was felt misled by the Borat film to film crew. Now that's a very nice. I'll give you a hundred thousand for my movie. I saw he actually it's Amazon money. I saw he upped that to two hundred thousand actually. Oh, well, I must have just changed overnight. Yep. So made it even sweeten the pot. Give me two. Might as well make it three, Sasha. Star Wars Disney Plus confirms Rosario Dawson as Osano Tano. Ahsoka uh, Tano. Ahsoka Tano. Wow, flip a bit early. Uh, for The Mandalorian Season 2, obviously, that is live today. You can stream it after this show. Mando Season 2 is good. Based on what I can see in my news feed, a lot of people have watched it so far and getting rave reviews. I'm Very trying cool. not to read anything. So, If I had the soundbite, uh, I'd do good. Oh, I do, but it's, uh, it's a little high. Okay, don't matter. Oh, well. Uh, Neil Gaiman uh, reveals a new Sandman. Uh, details for Netflix. He promises the series will be very scary and very true to the Mirage uh, uh, comic book series. So, um, is it the Vertigo, DC Vertigo area? Yeah, it used to be DC yeah. Vertigo. Now it's DC Black. They they changed yeah. it over and over again. But a great comic book series. Yeah. So nonetheless, uh, won't probably won't be the last time you hear that name. Spoiler. Uh, Clemson. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence has tested positive for the coronavirus. Coronavirus. The future Denver Bronco quarterback. <laughs> he is sidelined. So, yeah, I'm being just hopeful. He's either gonna be a Jet or a Giant, or, or he could even be a Patriot at this point. Yeah, they straight have just announced they are gonna try to trade as many people as they can. So, a little dumpster fire up there, in New England. Right. Hey, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Just saying, not a not a guy. But if you guys are, it sucks. I know how that feels with the rebuild. It's terrible. It's, we've been doing it for it's years. Not easy, it's not easy. No. And lastly, in the Fast Five, Saved by the Bell, obviously, as we talked about it yesterday, is coming back to the Peacock uh, with all the original cast, minus uh, Screech, Mr. Belding, well. And Lisa and, Turtle. And, and Lisa Turtle, until now. Last night, Lark Voorhees has revealed she did she has joined the cast of the upcoming Peacock revival. Voorhees shared a, a photo of herself on the show and announced, surprise, Lisa Turtle is getting back together with her Bayside fam. Mark Paul Gosler even shared it on Instagram. And you know what? In the picture, she looks good. She didn't look like that. You know, like recent pictures of her with the weird white face. Mm-hmm. And she looked weird. She looks just like Lisa Turtle. So... 
yeah, she'll be getting back. Still no uh, Screech or Mr. Belding, but Lisa Turner will be back on the revival. So uh, Yeah, I've heard she went uh, bat-s crazy. Yeah, I did too. And I felt like, uh, you know, she was on Good Morning, Miss Bliss. She was one of the longer-running uh, characters along with... I get why Dustin Diamond wasn't in the show. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's a little jerk. And a lot of... And he wrote a nasty book saying things about the whole cast. So I could see why they don't want him back. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool to see Lisa Turtle back. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Kind of knew everybody else was, so... Uh, but you could check that out at the end of November if you want on the Peacock if you have it. Um, you have Netflix, right? I've most got, people have Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone has Netflix. Well, Netflix announced on Thursday that it is raising its prices for standard plan and premium plan for U.S. consumers. The two streamed HD plan will go from twelve ninety nine to thirteen ninety nine. It was seven ninety nine when it started. So oh, I remember. Up, it's gone up tremendously, yeah. While the four stream four K premium plan is raising from fifteen ninety nine a month to seventeen ninety nine, the one stream SD, like you just want a regular old streaming, will remain priced at eight ninety nine a month. All new subs- all new subscribers will pay this price, while current subscribers will just see the price increase over the next few months. An email will be sent out to all subscribers notifying them of the increase and notification will appear within 30 days on the app. Um, The last time they raised their prices was January 2019. Uh, The news comes about a week after Netflix revealed that five of the recent original movies are among their biggest ever, which is a sign that Netflix is doing all right with new streaming streaming competitors such as Disney Plus, HBO Max, and Peacock. Peacock's not a competitor. No. Netflix is also... Okay, now it just tells you all about Netflix. So basically, um, what's your take on that? I mean, you chime in below if you're watching the show, uh, YouTube Live, wherever, Facebook. Um, Let us know what you think. If you're a Netflix subscriber, Christian, what do you think, buddy? Disappointed! You know, Netflix has been shelling out tons of money for exclusive deals with, like, Adam Sandler and, and other people. And- hey, Christian, you'll be Halloween. <laughs> Halloween is tomorrow, and there's the biggest one. I need more money for my thermos. Well, and that's the thing. If they're paying them more, why do we have to foot the bill? Yeah. Well, and I think right now this could eventually be one of those things that bites them in the butt. Yeah, they have the original content and stuff, but... If your competitors are right there with you, raising the price doesn't seem like the right thing to do. No. You know, it just seems like you're doing good making original content. You're getting more and more subscribers. It just seems like a natural fit. Now, I know it is natural evolution to go up, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. The 4K one shocks me. That's going up two bucks versus just a dollar. Right. So... Yeah, and given the fact that uh, competitors like Disney Plus are what six bucks a month, you know, yeah. I, I think well, and- HBO Max is the only one that's more expensive at fifteen. But that was already a, you know an HBO premium service to begin with. So right now you just get so, more for your money. Yeah, definitely, especially once they put in uh, the DC stuff. So that's the that's news out of the streaming world. Um, I know you are not a mass singer watcher. But maybe nope. you might be you might be uh, on this new show. You might be for it. I'm listening. You know, I don't think you will. Uh Fox has shown just uh has the show just for you, Christian. Uh so if you think dancing with the stars is too easy, 
because the celebrities can see while dancing? Well, the network announced a new spinoff to The Masked Singer called The Masked Dancer. Oh my God, who the hell cares? Hey, come on, man. There were were fun costumes that The Masked Singer has become known from. The The series is inspired by a segment on The Ellen DeGeneres Show and will be hosted by the office actor Craig Robinson. Uh, so celebrities will get in masks, dance, and you have to guess who's dancing under that mask. My thought is it's actually going to do pretty good because people like the dancing shows. People like this mask Singer show. I'm sure they'll put some silly guest hosts and they'll put all that crazy stuff. So knowing the success, because I didn't think the mask Singer would do good. I really didn't. No, and it's was huge. Like, it, it, and that's the thing. It does well because it's garbage. It's sort of lowest common denominator television, which is really disappointing. Yeah, it does really good. Because when I first saw it, I go, there's no way that show even makes it like more than a month or so. That looks terrible. Um, and I did watch it. It's okay. Um, it's not something I need to watch every week. It's a little, it is what it is. I don't know how many B-listers you could find right. or sports <laughs> stars that are not playing anymore. I mean... It's just kind of those things. It's like, all right. So if you're excited about, if you're a Mass Singer fan, you'll be a fan of that dancer, I guess. It'll be sometime in 2021 when you see it. Uh, one show I am interested in, and this goes to my uh, Fast Five little hint, uh, Lucifer is clearly a show that made a deal with the devil because it survived its demise on more than one occasion. After airing it for three seasons on Fox, the series was canceled by the network. After a major fan outcry, Netflix swooped in and announced it was picking up the series for a fourth season. The show became so popular that the streamer made a surprising move when they renewed the show for a fifth and final season. More fan outcry happened, and so they gave them one more. They decided, okay, well, we'll give you a sixth season. Given all the times Lucifer has avoided being banished back to hell, you would think that you could sneak just one more in for fun. But series star Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer, says he's ready to say goodbye to the show once it wraps up the six-season run. Um, Ellis gave an interview to the Kings of Con podcast and explained, uh, six seasons of the show is a real achievement. It's been a huge emotional journey, and I don't think I want to do anymore. I know I don't want to do anymore, mainly because I want to know that we're ending it and because I had such a great time. I think it's only fitting that we have a proper ending to the show. It's good that Ellis knows that it's likely time to wrap things up no matter how... Ooh, I lost my little thing. It scrolled up. No matter how good that the show has been and how much fun he's had doing it. Fans seem to still love the show as it is. Uh, The fifth season was number one on the Netflix charts. The streamer also announced that the show had scored the biggest TV series opening weekend ever on the platform. The show is obviously still viable, but it is probably best to go out while it's still on top. Uh, Lucifer is based on DC Comics character created by Neil Gaiman, Sam Keith, and Mike Drigenberg, and it's taken from the comic book series The Sandman. It's where it all comes from. So yep. that was a nice little, nice little tie together yeah, for our bookended it. listeners there. Yeah, definitely. And one more, and then I'll go into the birthday news. Gremlin's Secret of the Mogwai. Um, is getting closer for HBO Max. Uh, some artwork um, shows the animation. Uh, I don't. The stills out there. I don't know about this thing. It only shows the the young Mister Wing 
um, uh, going, he's walking down the streets of China and there's a little mogwai to his right. The animation looks a little weird, but uh, we'll see until there's an actual trailer. But basically this thing, it takes place in 1920 Shanghai. Sam Wing, the future shop owner, Mr. Wing from the 1984 movie, um, shows the journey between the young mogwai called Gizmo and himself. Um, they're going to be battling colorful monsters and spirits from Chinese folklore. So it's going to be much different than the gremlins that we know. Right. Um, but, uh, and it is going to be animated, but it will be on HBO max. It will still be something I'll check out, but they finally released their first little still shot of the animation. And it's kind of underwhelming. I don't know if you've been able to see that. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, you know what? It, until we see like actual footage of the animation, eh, I'll reserve judgment. I agree. Like, I just, it's one of those things you see at first. You're like, eh, it could have done better. But I digress, and we might as well dance on into the Friday birthdays. It's my birthday! Oh, yeah. It's my daughter. My daughter, Ivanka Trump, it's her birthday today. She's 30 died. Beautiful, beautiful girl. She's huge. Such a nice young lady. She's She's got a huge heart. She's lovable. Ivanka, happy birthday, 30 died. Uh, Edge uh, wrestler, a.k.a. Adam Copeland, he's also in Vikings and a bunch of TV shows. He's 47. Nia Long, who was in Friday. Damn! She's 50. Uh, Marcus Mariota, the once uh, touted Titans quarterback that is now just a backup for the Nevada Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders, um, is 27. Hey, the Henry Winkler, the Fawn, 75. And Mr. Bush himself, Gavin Rosdale, is 55. Happy birthday, young kids. Enjoy your day. <laughs> well, folks, That's your entertainment news. That does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's time for Good News, everyone, where we take you into the weekend on an up note. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. I almost said October 3rd. We are all over social media with many of you watching us right now on Facebook Live or YouTube Live as we speak. Now, if you want to get a hold of us on social, you can reach me at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, Radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanflippo. That's S A N F I L I P P O dot nine four. Or on Instagram at Tony.Sanfilippo81. So uh, by all means, reach out to us. Let us know what you're up to. But uh, it is Friday today, and as we do on Fridays, we like to take you into the weekend on an up note with a segment we like to call... Good news, everyone! All right, so uh, I'll go ahead and kick off good news. Each morning at 7 a.m., Tessa Solemn Williams settles in at the <laughs> settles in at the window of her eighth-floor apartment and watches across the way as members of the gym next door work out on the roof. 
The 90-year-old Solemn Williams has been cooped up inside her Washington, D.C. apartment for months due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so watching others exercise at the neighboring Balance Gym has made her sole source of inspiration, or has been her sole source of inspiration. She said, I never miss it. I love watching them. And they love being watched, so much so that after Solemn Williams' daughter shared with them the sweet story, Balance Gym created a special Keep Moving mural for her to see each day from her window. Solemn Williams' daughter, Tanya Wettenhall, first let the gym know of her mother's daily routine earlier this month in an email that Balance shared to its Facebook page. Wittenhall 53 began her message by acknowledging that though the sentiment might be odd, it was genuine, and she wanted to thank the gym members for working out each day. She said, seeing everyone on the roof working out and keeping up with their routines has given her hope. As a former dancer, she has exercised vigorously almost every day of her life, and if she could, she would try and join the members. Trust me, but she's 90 and wobbly. Wenton Hall said that during regular phone calls with her mom, Solomon Williams always commented on just how hard the members were exercising and that she was certain that they had to be training for the Olympics or something similar. She said her worst days are rain days, and she worries if your members are okay and getting their exercise. I hope you can share with your members that they have given an elderly lady much joy in seeing them embrace health and life. The gym was so moved by the message that it announced the mural several weeks later as a means of continuing to inspire and motivate watching neighbors like Solomon uh, Williams or Solomon Williams, a former professional ballerina in the international ballet. Williams moved to D.C. four years ago after the death of her husband, whom she met while dancing in nightclubs in Paris. The London native spent many years in his hometown of Spokane, Washington, where she ran a ballet school of her own for 34 years and raised two children. Her daughter also told the Post, even in her 90s, Solomon Williams still loved keeping fit and often attended exercise classes in her retirement home. And it goes to show, you know, if you've got a healthy way of life that uh, regardless of your age, you still have that inspiration. You still have that willingness to to at least try. And in this case, you know, it it brings her a lot of joy to see other people try as well. And the fact that uh, the gym is giving back with a mural that uh, they've titled Keep uh, Moving is is just sort of a great give and take, especially in this time where uh, social distancing is a uh, big thing. So that is my good news, everyone. That is good news. What do you think, Tone? You still going to go to the gym when you're 90? Uh, Probably not. I think, (laughs) you know, right now, you know, it it seems like when I tell people I go to the gym, it seems to be like a daily routine after the show's done, after I take a visit down. uh, I I say I go to the old Sherwood Forest. Um, I like to to go hit the gym. The reason why is because it clears my head, preps me for a day, you know, before – a lot of mental anguish you know planning it just clears it sometimes if i'm kind of stuck in my head it's a good way to to clear it while some people like to drink and do other things that's it's kind of my outlet but at 90 i don't know if my crippled ass could do that i, I don't anticipate <laughs> that many body parts working at 90 we'll yeah see. yeah i don't blame you but yeah. uh regardless you know that that was a, a fun loving story tony Definitely. What, what is your good news everyone well mind kind of hits me in two different ways i found this article um just randomly i saw it uh, somebody shared it uh on facebook but what really tied it to me is it took place uh where my sister lives uh so it comes out of gillette wyoming uh my sister literally lives around the corner from this place uh 
Um, we're going to Campbell County High School. Um, author, and this has a lot to do with one of my favorite bands, so uh, growing up. Uh, author Mary Shelley and guitarist Eddie Van Halen had at least one thing in common. They both created a Frankenstein. <laughs> in the 1970s, Van Halen cobbled together the best parts of a Gibson guitar and a Fender Stratocaster, a modern mad scientist searching for the perfect guitar tone. He called it Frankenstein. In his final steps of creation, he painted the guitar black, then taped off the lines of the body and spray painted it white. Finally, he taped another set of lines crisscrossing the others at random points and spray painted it red. The famous red and white abstract visual is copyrighted under the same name, Frankenstein. On October 6, 1980s, uh, on October 6, the 1980s hair rock superstar, I don't think he's a hair rock. No. I wouldn't say that. I would just say rock superstar died at age 65. Uh, four Campbell County high school students couldn't let the moment pass without paying their respects and like Van Halen themselves. They turned cans of, or like Van Halen himself, they turned cans of black and white spray paint. Oh. It took Zach Ross, Brandon Hoffer, Adrian Makis, and Kendall McKee almost six hours to paint their camel sculpture in front of Campbell County High School. Their, their uh, little mascot is a camel. Um, in the Van Halen Frankenstein design. It was freezing cold by the time they were done, they said. The idea originated with Ross, a 17-year-old senior, a budding guitarist with profound love for Van Halen's music. Guitarist. Words are hard today. Especially when you're tired, like, words are extra hard to read. I don't know why that is. Like, I see it, but it comes out such a goofy way. Like, it's like I read it in my head just fine. Um, He knew about the 1980s uh, rock rock group Uh, they're actually from the 70s van halen from his father but he really studied it during freshman year when his music teacher mr strouch asked the class to analyze a live solo of van halen's hoffner an 18 year old senior and saxophone player in the band knew of van halen music because of his grandpa introduced him to it he gave he'd given a senior speech on how the rock star had changed the way guitar is played and it inspired him as a musician Honestly, it makes me want to experiment more, Hoffner said. That's what Eddie did on guitar. Marcus, an 18-year-old senior and saxophone player also in the band, didn't know about Van Halen until his friendship with Ross and Hoffner. That definitely appealed to me, listening to those people like that to take solos for hours. It's really cool to see someone take their ideas from their mind and put it into guitar and let the guitar speak for them. I was able to, I want to be able to shred just like him, just on different instruments. The news of the guitar's legends hit the news of the guitar legends death hit both of these guys hard. I know that first day I was just crying every now and then because I was just sitting there listening to his music and thinking about all the times that maybe life was dragging me down and gave me an outlet and I just thought how cruel life can be sometimes. Just knowing that he died, I never got to meet him and thank him for uh, inspiring me really upset me even though I'm sure he hears he heard that from everyone the songs that could be heard from those days booming through the rolled down windows in the parking lot of CCHS aren't likely to be the hits of Van Halen the boys realize they're paying homage to a bygone era of rock and roll music I was reading some of the replies on Facebook page and I remember seeing people saying oh, this is awesome because I remember listening to Van Halen in that very parking lot. And I said, geez, these people are old. But music is transportive. It stays with people long after they hear it and it imprints itself on a time, place, person, smell, feeling 
It makes music timeless. Kendall McKee, 16-year-old junior, felt a sense of obligation to help Ross because of how much he knew Van Halen meant to him. They recognized the timelessness of music when he heard Ross's idea to paint the camel, but he was still dealing with the loss of his own. McKee's father, Marty, died in April, and he was a fan of Van Halen. He was very much in touch with rock. He loved listening to Van Halen, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Molly Crew, Def Leppard. He knew every song, every band member, and every single line to something he would really enjoy to be a part of this as well. Music is one of the most important things we've got. Now that we know these songs, we wanted to pay back and do something. So during a two-hour stretch, we decided to make this homage and to see and to pay tribute to somebody like Eddie Van Halen. So what they did was in their their little mascot, they must have gotten approval. It never says it did. And they definitely weren't charged with vandalism or anything. Right. But they took the little uh, the little uh, camel. It's definitely like the Frankenstein design. It has the Van Halen logo right in the middle. It's very cool. And I instantly what pulled me to it was when I read it, I go, oh, it's Van Halen. That's cool. Well, that's cool that these kids did that. And then when I saw, I was like, Campbell County. I go, that's where my sister lives. Like, I wonder if it's Gillette. Sure enough, it is. So I asked my sister, I'm like, hey, on your way home from work one day, if uh, you should go by and see this and send me a pic on our way home, sent me a pic of it. And uh, it's just really cool. I think the fact that Eddie, uh, his music uh, still inspires younger generations, because I would think today in high school, I wouldn't picture too many people knowing what who Van Halen is or liking it. Right. So not unless your parents um, turned you on to it. Yeah. And this guy, and you know, reading this story actually reminds me similarities of uh, me, you and uh, Adam, just uh, the, how you, the three of us became best friends was through the love of music. You know, I mean, it wasn't Van Halen that pulled us together. It was Megadeth of all bands. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and it spawned. It was like, Oh, we all like Megadeth. What else do you like? Oh, you like dream theater. So do I. Oh, you like Motley Crue? So do I. You like Van Halen? So do I. And it just kind of became that way. You know, music does pull people. It's how we're friends with the Yendras or how I'm friends with uh, Denny. It, it all starts with music. It's how all my friendships that are super tight have tied together. So I think that uh, just speaks a lot of personal levels. But nonetheless... Is a great story too. It if is. I, if I could read it right and not butcher it every five seconds, it's a damn good story. <laughs> well, it goes to show that music unites, and I'd certainly say that that is good news, everyone. All right, folks. Well, we're headed into our break. When we come back, we have a, tech, a segment called Truck Sized Plot Holes. If you like movies, you'll like this segment. Don't go anywhere. Beep. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And welcome back, folks, to the fourth and final segment, at least of the first hour. We still have a full hour of wonderful programming ahead for you guys. Uh, but in this case, uh, if you... You know, it's funny, uh, I'm working on a lot of things behind the scenes, and I always kind of forget uh, where we're at. But uh, if you missed a portion of the show, or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, 
go ahead and head over to phoenixmedia.us. Click on the show's link. Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video. You can get audio as well. Or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart. About 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends. Because sharing is caring. Now, Tony and I are both huge movie buffs, obviously. That is no secret if you spend any time listening to the show. But every once in a while, you'll watch a movie where a plot hole is so gaping that uh, you just can't get past it. You know, there is what we've talked about before, the suspension of disbelief, where, you know, you're watching a movie, you understand it's a fictional world or a fictional story. And characters, so, fictional characters. <laughs> and so you sort of put aside any things that, you know, don't really make sense in the real world. But in some cases, that's just not the case. Sometimes that, that plot hole is so truck-sized that you just can't get past it. Uh, Tony, any come to mind that just uh, blow your mind yeah. that that, even, that it even made it into the movie? Yeah, some things. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't have one, but Lacey texted me one last night. And in fact, that's how I knew we were doing this segment because I was working and I was like, oh, Okay, I hadn't looked at the schedule yet. <laughs> um, but she said for truck size plot holes in on on the show in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the movie would have ended the same with or without him. The Nazis would have found the ark, opened it, and died. Yep. It just it just would have happened. And then on Hocus Pocus, why didn't they just put a spell on the townspeople before they hung them? <laughs> didn't have to hang them; they could have just put the spell on them. Right, so, made them dance, um, sang a song. You know yeah. how it goes. Yeah, there's there's always those things where like um you know, it's you, you could also go like uh obviously the adventures wouldn't have been as fun but in Ferris Bueller, you know, if they they could have avoided having to get in, you know, with the car, they could have avoided all that if they if Cameron would have just said, No, we're not taking my dad's car. Right, right. We can go do anything else, but we're not taking my dad's car. They could have avoided that whole thing, so Yep. If they wanted, so. Chica, chica. All right. Do, 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 do. For instance, here's one that uh, always sort of got me is uh, in The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Imhotep steals body parts from the looters to put himself back together. At one point, he takes the eyes from a person wearing glasses. So, so for the rest of the movie, Imhotep should have really been squinting at everybody or uh, trying to put contacts in or finding glasses yeah why would you steal eyes from the one person who can't see all that well yeah because you know he made it stronger he had he had the genes that just put the power through man <laughs> oh moving on with the truck size plot holes how about cinderella if all cinderella's magically transfigured stuff goes back to normal at midnight carriage back to a pumpkin dress back to being all dirty then why the prince walking around with a glass slipper for weeks afterwards Shouldn't it have changed back into normal old dirty shoe? Yeah, that's a very good plot hole right there. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that would be funny if uh, he put it away somewhere, then uh, came back to it after it did change back, and then <laughs> like, what the hell? Where's that glass slipper? What's this smelly ass ratty hole shoe? Kind of Why is this stinky... little fat mouse in here? Gus, gus, yeah, gus, gus. Uh, here's one that uh, one of our favorite movies of recent years, uh, Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame. Thanos killed half of all living things because he thought resources weren't sufficient enough for everyone. With his godlike powers, he could have just doubled those resources instead of killing half the people. 
Yeah. By the snap of his glove. Exactly. That's what I never considered, but uh, that does make sense. Yeah, there was a lot. If you really take your element of fun out of the Avengers, there are so many things, you know? Like when when uh, Chris Pratt's uh, Star-Lord was, you know, like hitting him and stuff, why didn't, like, somebody pry him off or something, you know? It just yeah could have avoided. Yeah. yeah. Good movie nonetheless, though. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time, though. Kind of, kind of should go back. Moving on this next one, I joke that uh, Jessie is the little girl from Science because uh, any point you go up to our bedroom and there are glasses of water just everywhere. But uh, the aliens in the movie Science melted when exposed to water. Why would you try to take over a planet that is covered in 75% water where it rains on land regularly? That one <laughs> I never got. Why? You, you would think through all of their advances in technology they might have figured out that uh, there was an abundance of water on this planet. Yeah. You would definitely think that uh, you just uh, would go somewhere else. That's <laughs> kind of a lame thing for it to be afraid of, you know? Yeah. Uh, talking about uh, gaping plot holes, of course, you know, you can't really take this one too seriously based on just the premise of it. But in Liar Liar, Jennifer Tilly's character gets her way in the divorce despite cheating because she lied about her age. Seven! Therefore, making the prenup null and void. However, this would nullify the entire marriage, entitling her to nothing, even still. Settle! Settle, settle, settle! Settle! I don't want to settle. You said I was a victim. Seven! Yeah, whatever. Still one of the best Jim Carrey movies of all time. Oh, love it. The pen is blue. The G dang pen is blue. Uh, Moving on with gaping plot holes We've got uh, Obi-Wan Wants to hide Luke Skywalker from his father So he gives him to his uncle and aunt In their home planet without changing his name And himself lives near the kid Without changing his own surname So uh, he didn't try that hard To to hide him But uh, I guess the universe or the galaxy Was big enough that I guess it didn't really matter Yeah you're right. Never put that together, actually. Like, they still kept him as a Skywalker. I, They changed Leia's name. You know, like, she wasn't Leia Skywalker. No, she you was know. Leia Organa. Even though she was a Skywalker. Yeah, even though she was a Skywalker. They should have, uh, yeah. They should have definitely, when they did the prequels, they should have actually, instead of it being Anakin Skywalker, it should have been Anakin something else. That way the Skywalker was the hidden name. So, totally get that just now. Not something yep. I thought about. George Lucas, I'm going to have words with you, George. And then finally, as we close out this segment, quick and easy, Shrek 2, how does a donkey stup a dragon? It just doesn't make any sense. But folks, we are headed into... I'm making waffles! (laughs) We're headed into our long break. When we come back, it is our call-in topic of inappropriate costumes. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in a few. Seven to be exact. Yeah, whatever. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. 
Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Welcome back, everybody, to the second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Hey, Tony, did you notice uh, what the uh, system did there? It uh, actually played our commercial rejoiner as opposed to the beginning of the show. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, are we not going to do the intro? I was a little confused, but then when I heard it go, I was like... Okay, good. <laughs> but then I was worried before that because right before that happened, then it did one of those do 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 do. It did this echo thing. I go, oh no. Yeah, and for those of you that didn't listen to the first half of the show, or at least the very beginning of the show, had a, a database crash yesterday. Spent all evening fixing it again, but there's still a few bugs that are uh, being worked out. Obviously, uh, <laughs> I. I don't know why it did that or i got to figure out what's going on with it but you know what all in all i think things are going pretty smooth regardless of uh you know trying to cram three days worth of work into about four hours last night yeah you did good i mean i was a little confused i was like ah because i was just coming back from making my smoothie so i was like now back to the show i'm like what the hell I'm like <laughs> wait i'm not even by the screen yet missed a whole 15 minutes Uh, But that's the way it goes. Well, folks, this is the interactive portion of the show. This is where we want you guys to chime in on our topic of the day. Now, the way we've been doing it is we ask that you call in. We'll give you the topic for the next show. You can call in anytime before that. Leave a message and let us know your thoughts on it. Or you can chime in on our live Facebook video. Just head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F. Radio, of course, with an R. And leave a comment on the live video and let us know what you think. But our interactive question of the day is inappropriate costumes. Have you ever worn one? Have you ever seen one? Uh, You know, what is the most offensive thing that you've seen out there? And obviously, people take liberties at this time of year. Maybe this year, not so much, just because of the nature of how, quote-unquote, sensitive people are. <laughs> yeah. But uh, certainly in years past, there have been some just outrageous things that people have worn that I, I, I just don't get. Tony, what about you? Have you ever dressed up in something that you look back now and thought, mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that or seen somebody do as well? Yeah, I have one that if I did it today, it would not it wouldn't have been pulled off well today. In fact, I probably got, I could have gotten big trouble for doing it. It's when I dressed up as Leo, when I was down in Arvada, he was a coworker of mine. And, and, uh, I, he's a really nice guy, but he always used to come up and say, Hey, hug pug. Hey, um, it's my riding name. And he had this long ponytail. He had like these cut off biker gloves. He wore every day. He's just always had the flannel on. Hey, and he had a big ponytail. 
Well, I dressed up to the T. I, I wore his, I had glasses just like him. I had the same flannel. I made sure I looked like him. I had the mannerisms down. I had the voice not spot on, but at least my version of it was pretty close. Because he, he kind of had a raspy voice, not quite macho man, but just kind of kind of raspy. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I dressed up as him and I got a lot of laughs. Now, if I would do that in today's current times, that would have been very offensive if he didn't like it. Right. Like if he would have found humor in it, that would have been fine. If or, you know, the right thing to do would have been like, hey man would it be weird if I dressed up as you for Halloween? Because <laughs> you don't want him to think, you know, he could have taken it like I was making fun of him. I was taking a jab and, you know, then that becomes like a thing of harassment and stuff. So today's standards, that's inappropriate. Uh, would I have changed it? No, I was a young, dumb kid. He, he saw the pictures. He loved it. He thought it was great. No one, it was never mean spirited. So that was a, that, that would be mine. Uh, ones I've seen, I, I have seen someone dressed as a giant penis walking down uh, down in Denver one time, which I thought was a little weird. Yeah, that's 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 bold. It's a little much. Yeah, little much. Wouldn't do it. You know, was I offended? No, I was just like, okay, <laughs> that takes yeah, balls. So. Did, yeah, what, what? <laughs> hit yourself some drums, sir. You earned that one. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now, I've never dressed up as anything that I look back on and thought, mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. One that I've always kind of considered is the wayward Mormon missionary. And, uh, you know, the Mormon missionaries, they go about and they've got their uniform. It's, it's the white dress shirt with the short sleeves, black pants, tie, and the name badge. But, you know, you hear the stories about, uh, you know, those who uh, they, they see the outside world and they start a kind of go crazy and so i thought it would be funny of course maybe not in this era to uh dress up like that but then have like a, a playboy sticking out of my back pocket while carrying a can of coke and uh you know maybe a <laughs> flask in the in the front pocket and uh you know just see how many people actually get it but uh you know again that's what we're talking about is inappropriate costumes that may not fly in this day and age Folks, when we come back, we want to hear from you. Chime in on our Facebook Live watch party. Um, actually, it's not a watch party. It's just the live video in the comments. Live video. Let us know what the most inappropriate costume you've ever worn or seen is. When we come back, it's all about you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back, folks. We are smack dab in the middle of our call-in topic. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. We want to hear from you guys about what we are talking about today. Inappropriate Halloween costumes. I've been looking forward to this one uh, pretty much all Halloween season just because people, uh, they seem to lose their morals, their values, whatever it may be, <laughs> just for a good laugh. And, uh, you know, maybe this season more than any other. And so uh, while you don't have the opportunity to call in on this one live right now, you can certainly chime in on our Facebook page 
video, go to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio, and then go ahead and go to the live video and comment in there. Now, uh, we did get one phone call yesterday for somebody with their pick for an inappropriate costume. Let's go ahead All and right. look, give it a listen. Hi, this is Lacey Yendra, and I'm calling in for the call-in topic, and I once saw somebody that was about eight months pregnant dressed up as a nun for Halloween. Thank you. <laughs> that qualifies. Hey, Lacey! A, a pregnant nun, yeah, that, that's like uh, oil and water. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's funny, but maybe not the most appropriate. Uh, Tony, on your end, anybody chime in, let you know their pick for the uh, most inappropriate costume they've either seen or worn? Nothing. So... <laughs> Well, uh, not this morning today, unfortunately. Uh, Hubie Halloween, uh, it is among us. And to be fair, uh, Facebook is still acting weird with uh, not letting us start watch parties and not letting us share to groups. And it's this whole thing surrounding the election that they've really sort of cut back on what you're able to do because uh, they're worried somebody's going to influence it. But uh, in any case, that's greatly affected uh, people able to chime in uh, on on these segments. So hopefully when we come back uh, next Tuesday, that won't be the case anymore. But we'll see. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Because uh, is that is that the day it all ends? No, uh, we have one more. We week. have one more day. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in any case, uh, that's why we pull up a list such as this one of the most offensive costumes for 2020. For instance, a uh, little girl that, uh, and again, I don't know why somebody would make this, but a little uh, uh, Anne Frank Holocaust victim costume. <laughs> I don't know if there's words to describe it. Uh, they say, I can't believe we have to say this, but dressing up as a Holocaust victim is just bad. Several retailers yeah, bad taste. <laughs> have come under fire for selling an Anne Frank costume for little girls. Many places pulled it off the shelves after customers complained, but others still offered as a World War II evacuee girl or child's 1940s girl costume. The Holocaust is a historical event we should remember with sadness, not costume party fodder. And uh, I kind of get where, you know, Anne Frank was an inspirational figure in history with what she endured, but celebrating it on Halloween, maybe not the best thing to do. Nah, I would agree with you. Not the best, definitely not in best taste right there. No, no, not at all. Uh, speaking of not in good taste, and I don't think this was ever really something that uh, you could pull off, though people tried. Anything involving blackface. Yeah, you just don't do that. Uh, let's get one thing straight. Blackface is never okay. Not under any circumstances. Uh, but while the offensive practice includes literally painting your face a shade that isn't your own skin color, it also goes deeper than that. Dressing up in outfits that reinforce racist stereotypes is also a form of blackface. Uh, and maybe now more than ever, just you know, try, try to understand what's going on in the world and uh, just don't do it. No. Just keep no, it tame, keep it civil. Yeah, just not all right. Yeah. Now, political figures. That one you can go out as, and I wouldn't have a problem with, but uh, <laughs> that's just Yeah, me. no. Well, there's all kinds of funny masks. I mean, uh, shoot. <clears throat> um, there's, the, there's the big Trump face you can wear. You ha it, It's funny. 
<laughs> it is. It's hilarious, yeah. Now, here's one that, uh, while the mask is hilarious, maybe not the right time for it. Going as a, the uh, corona COVID-19 pandemic, a pandemic that has killed over 100,000 people, uh, basically resist the impulse to dress up in a medical hazmat suit or anything resembling a virus or as a victim of the virus itself. Generic doctor and nurses costumes. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. People do that every year. But specific costumes that reference the pandemic, maybe not so much right now. It, just don't do it. Yeah, I would. Uh, it, it's uh, it's one of those things, too, is we're still going through it and everybody's annoyed and, you know, whether they're upset. It's just it's one of those things no one wants to really deal with. There's no, there's no humor in it right now, right? right? And regardless yeah. of where you stand on the debate about to the coronavirus, just know that dressing up as it and going out there as Halloween, you're just inviting uh, people to to try and fight you or, or argue with you. And yeah, we don't need that right now. We we need everybody to sort of join together. Uh, I think you're still on mute tone. No, my I was. I didn't. I didn't hit the button, but they muted me. It so, muted you. All I said was absolutely. That's all you missed. Gotcha. Here's another one that's uh, just a, a straightforward no-no. Do we even have to say this? Dressing up as Osama bin Laden, Dylan Roof, or even a generic member of ISIS are exactly or in extremely mm. poor taste. Boy, words are hard today. This falls under the Woo! same heading as making light of a tragedy. Oh, that was echoey. Uh, so cross dictators like Hitler or Stalin or anything along those lines off your list. Yeah, it was funny sort of around the 9-11 because of what the world was dealing with there. But now it's just just in poor taste and, and it's not even really that relevant anymore. Yeah, I would definitely not ever recommend dressing up as anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. Here's one that, uh, you know what, I, I don't necessarily see this as offensive because, you know, people love celebrities, people love zombies, and you know what, Who, who's really going to complain? It's not like they can come after you. Dressing up as a zombie version of a recently deceased celebrity. So, Tony, you could go as zombie Eddie Van Halen. No, that'd be cool. We get it. You want to pay tribute to one of your dearly departed faves. Go wild with your Ziggy Stardust, your Purple Rain homage, or even an Amy Winehouse bouffant, but don't add zombie makeup it's always too soon to wear someone's corpse and again that one I, I don't necessarily agree with you know it's 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 just sort of a mashup of two wonderful things around halloween and uh you know you're not really offending anybody by dressing up no. as somebody who recently died unless it was you know a really tragic tragic death mm -hmm. like i wouldn't go as um uh I don't know who died of a, a drug overdose. Like, I wouldn't go as Kurt Cobain with a uh, shotgun with strapped that, to my chest. With a shotgun, yeah. That's the And I taste. swear I didn't have a gun. Moving on with inappropriate costumes. Uh, anything that's uh, sexual harassment. So, for instance, uh, Ooh, yeah. you, here's a costume of basically an old man flasher. You know, he's wearing the trench coat and then you open it up. And, of course, you know, everything's hanging out for everyone to see. Not the real stuff, but, uh, you know, the costume version. 
uh, you know, basically says the Me Too movement should have awoken us all from how unfunny sexual harassment jokes really are. But just in case, let's remind you, someone exposing themselves on non-consenting viewers isn't just in poor taste. It's a very real and traumatic form of sexual harassment. These kinds of costumes are straight up offensive and may even trigger those who have suffered harassment themselves. Oh, I don't like that word trigger. But in any case, uh, <laughs> trigger! Yeah, again, just just probably not in the best taste. No, it's in poor taste, and use your brains, people. <laughs> Although I did see uh, one of my friends uh, was at a Halloween party this last week, and they sent some Snapchats. Um, she went as a Starbucks cup. Okay. It was clever. Yeah, it was cute. It was clever. Uh, but there was two people at that party, and they were – flashers but what it was was it wasn't like really them flashing mm -hmm. so they had the trench coat but when they opened it was like a just a skin colored suit you know of, of skin color <laughs> and it had the blurs the pixelated blur okay over like like the girl had it over here and here and then he had had it over there so. right right and it was just it was funny like that was humorous yeah they did it in but, a funny and tasteful way and then of course yeah it was, it was definitely not an offensive way it was it was very funny it was creative that's for sure with the blur oh totally and you know if you're going to an adult party you know dressing up as a sexy version of whatever you you know are dressing up as whether you're a guy or a girl you know what, go for it you know it's it's again it's the tone of the costume not necessary or sorry it's the message of the costume not necessarily the tone so you know it's it's just one of those things that uh, you have to consider and again it's it's this day and age where everybody's a little just on edge about what everybody else is doing so uh, give it a few years let things cool off and then come back and, and see what the the temperature of the water is uh, maybe come 2021 right all right. Well, folks, that does it for our topic of inappropriate Halloween costumes. And Halloween costume, my gosh. If you want to dress up as Hubie Halloween, it is good. Uh, you need a thermos. Uh, you want to make sure you have your little sash. It says mayor on there. And you want to make sure you ride your bike and uh, you talk to Mr. Lambert. Because Mr. Lambert, is that you? It is Mr. Lambert. <laughs> He's a big dog. And, uh, folks, you know, being that Saturday is Halloween... Be safe. Have fun. When we come back, we are going to be talking football, NFL Week 8. G-Man. He's going to be joining us with his matchups. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll see you in just a little bit. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Hey, we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. Now, we talk about it every day. It is the Phoenix Line, a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Now, uh, we don't have a topic for Monday because we're not going to be here Monday. I'm traveling down to Southern California to see my boys for the Halloween weekend, but we will be back Tuesday. So keep an eye on our Facebook page for what the Tuesday call-in topic is going to be. That number when you are ready to call in is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. 
All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out for a future show. Now, if you guys are watching, you will see a familiar face on Fridays. It is the G-Man, and we've got one question as we do every Friday. Are you ready for some football? Are you ready for some football, G-Man? Man, let's let's bring the house down this week. Woo! I am, uh, you know, I am. I feel like a I feel like a kid, you know, who's been caught doing something wrong the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, <laughs> because the top three picks, you know, uh, two weeks ago went zero and three for the first time all year, and uh, last week one and two. Yeah. So the you- top three picks have been, uh, you know, put, pretty brutal the last couple of weeks, but. As I mentioned, uh, point spread, you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster. Um, I think what happened with me personally is, you know, of course, the numbers were in the 70 percentile, which is not easy to do. No. And so I, I got into a little bit more of the analytics and breaking things down instead of my ro- routine that had gotten me where I was at. And uh, so that's what I'm hanging my hat on as far as excuses, you know, how um, sports betting goes, you know, it's, there's some psychology that goes into it. And, <laughs> and uh, so we're going to be uh, continuing to prevail, you know, through the, the rest of the year, we're having a good time doing this. And, and uh, actually the numbers are actually still overall 63% and the top three is 57%. So exactly. Um, if people we'll, been... we'll plug away. I feel really confident about this week's games. Good. Yeah. If people have been following along since the beginning you have a winning record, you know, it's, it's at 63%, you know, you're still above 500. So, I mean, and that's more than many of the Vegas analysts uh, can even claim at that point, but uh, you're already off to a good start. I think you predicted uh, what Falcons two over uh, the Panthers last night. And uh, it looks like that paid out. Correct. Yeah. And that's one of the things, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put together a compilation of questions that I've been fielding over, you know, this, since we started this. And one of them is, do I, do I put money on the games that I pick? And the answer to that is a quick 100%. Absolutely. I think it'd be a little disingenuous, uh, you know, to just be throwing these things out without actually having a little bit of skin in the game, so to speak. And uh, so I, you know, I probably go and prefer to go into the weekend, you know, with about, uh, you know, four hundred, uh, four hundred dollars. But if your budget's forty, you know, whatever it is, um, and I will uh, put a couple hundred, um, two, two, two to three hundred dollars into straight bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, it's been a hundred dollars, you know, on the top three, and then I'll throw a hundred into the in play that I talked about. And for example, that week that I went zero and three, um, I actually ended up instead of losing $300, I only lost like a little bit over a couple hundred because of, you know, some little hedges, you know, that I made when right. things were going wrong, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> well, speaking of going into the weekend, you know, let's start off with our wild card matchup. Did I read this right? You're giving the Bucks minus 10 and a half over the Giants. Yes, uh, again, and very unusual. Um, that's actually my number one rated uh, pick this week. Um, minus 10.5, I typically look to take points anytime, as I've mentioned before, when it's in double digits, but there's just some prevailing things that are going on here. Uh, the first, since that first opening game jitters uh, with the Bucks and the Saints, you know, the Bucks have went 5-1. and one. Uh, The one little hiccup that they've had was a one-point loss to the Bears. And they certainly have opportunities to win that game, too. So they're trending up. 
Um, man, it's interesting, old man Brady. You know, we keep waiting for him to kind of fall off, and it hasn't happened yet. And uh, that guy, uh, let's see, he had a 127 passer rating last week. Um, you think about the fact that those guys are going to be getting Antonio Brown in spite of all his off-field uh, travails over the last couple of years. The man is still a talent. And the thing is, he hasn't been getting beat up. Yeah. You know, so he's going to come in healthy. And they're already balanced, uh, super balanced on offense and defense. They have the number one rush defense, you know, right now. And uh, when looking at the Giants, their matchup, although it's on the road, one of the transitions I've had to make is that the home field advantage is no longer a home field advantage when no. you have a splatter of, of bodies in the, on the, you know, the, the noise level just isn't there, even if they're piping, you know, things in. So it's kind of like a seven on seven practice drill, you know, for a lot of these QBs. And uh, so looking at the fact that, you know, Danny Dimes, the quarterback of the Giants, poor guy, he's the team's leading rusher. <laughs> And, you know, of course, everybody's laughing at him falling, you know, when he was on his way to a touchdown. Oh, yeah, that turf you know, monster, A couple of man. weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, but, um, you know, looking at all things considered, um, I, I, think, I think that the, uh, the Bucks, with the balance on offense and defense and just the disarray uh, that the Giants are in with no identity, um, first-year coach, all these different things, I, I see the – uh, the Bucks actually probably winning by 17 points or more. Yeah, they're, know, not not just 11. So they're going to put up 49ers numbers. If you watched last week's game, that was pretty sad. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, Tom Brady, they they just keep stacking uh, talent around him, and it's going to be impressive to see how they end up doing with his first year as a Buck. Uh, they have the potential to not only make it to the playoffs, but potentially go all the way to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, they have they have a legit look. It looks like the defense is legit. Um, you know, I got burned on the. Of course, the Packers. I picked the Packers against the Bucks, um, and uh, Dominic Dominic Sue. Man, he. You know, after Aaron Rodgers did that whole discount double check thing in the end zone or whatever he was doing, man, those guys just lit him up, just lit him up. And uh, you you can see Sue and him, uh, John back and forth. So, you know, that defense of the bucks is, is formidable. It's, it's it's interesting and enjoyable to watch this team so far this year. Yeah. And it's always hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers. He's just that unknown factor. Well, let's move on to our marquee matchup. You've got the Rams minus three and a half over the Dolphins. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I took the Rams on that, uh, which again, makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, One of the axioms that I always talk about is the West Coast team traveling to the East Coast for an early morning game. And combined with the fact that the Dolphins are coming off a bye, which they've, uh, you know, been, you know, teams are, they have that extra week to prepare for a game instead of just one single week. So that uh, normally is something that I like to take advantage of. But we have a little different situation here. We have a quarterback change, although the team's three and three. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is out and they're bringing in the rookie uh, to a. Tago Viola? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. I think is that's that about as close as you can get. It's very hard to say. Yeah. It's very hard to say. Yeah. Tago Viola or something like that. And um, anyway, Fitz was the number two leading rusher, you know, on the mm-hmm. team. And I don't think that they're going to be letting Tua uh, coming off of his injury. They're not going to have him running around. And they're probably going to say, you know, they'll be talking to him all week long about, you know, under scramble situations, no one to throw it away, you know, no one to eat it. 
and stuff like that. So that factor of the quarterback rushing, I don't think is going to happen this week, at least not with the frequency that Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick was doing it. And that being said, uh, they're going to have to rely on Miles Gaskins, you know, which uh, he had a, a very good game. I think he was at five yards a clip, um, you know, last week. But again, that's the Jets, and it's not mm, the Rams. It's right. not easy to run on the Rams. They have <laughs> they have Donald. a highly rated pass defense too which means if you're not able to run the ball, then you're going to put the ball in the rookie's hands and you're going to be going against the number five uh, ranked pass defense. And so that being said, three and a half points looks good. Um, you know, the Dolphins um, didn't, um, I'm sorry, the, um, uh, the Dolphins, of course, coming off the bye at three and three, they're going to want this game. But I think the Rams, uh, check my note, I think, the, are the Rams heading in? Yep, the Rams are heading into a bye next week. Mm-hmm. And so... They're just they're going to do it. The yeah. Rams are going to hold up. Yeah, it'll be a fun game nonetheless. Uh, interesting to see what Tua does. I think they pulled uh, Fitzpatrick a little prematurely. You know, you, you can't mm-hmm. bench somebody for one poor, poorly played game, considering he's performed so well the rest of the season. Well, well and I think when they pulled them too, they were doing great. They were winning, and they were just like they just was kind of throwaway stuff, and they put him in at that point. So. Yeah. I don't think he saw it coming when they yanked him. He was just like, ah, cool, we're winning. I'm doing great. We're putting a herd on this team. Um, yeah. I forget who they were playing, but they were they were winning quite ahead, too. Yeah, yeah, not fair to old man Fitzpatrick, but mm-hmm. you know what? We move on. Speaking of moving on, our best bet matchup is Saints minus four versus the Bears, who I feel have Bears. a stronger record than they are actually playing. So uh, how do you see that one? Uh, repeat that again, uh, Christian. What did you just say? Oh, I was saying that the Bears' record doesn't reflect the how they are actually playing. I think that uh, their wins have been more lucky wins than anything else. I don't think they should be a 5-2 and two team. Excellent. That's actually one of my points, is that they're a 5-2 team, and uh, they, could, uh, they could definitely be 3-4. They should have lost uh, two games. Um, one, namely the first one of the year against the Detroit Lions. And, um, you know, so, yeah, you remember, so, so what's been about four weeks ago, I jumped on the, the Nick Foles train. Oh, I remember. When, uh, when he replaced, remember that? Yeah, when he was replaced Trubisky. So I've been watching those games very closely. And I had the Bears last week against the Rams. I took those points, and that didn't come to fruition. So I've been investing, you know, these picks into them. And uh, the way that it's shaken, shaken out is that Nick Foles in the last four weeks, he is, or the last game, um, no, no touchdowns. He didn't throw any touchdowns. Um, two interceptions, I believe, and he has four straight games with at least one interception. Yeah. You know, so coming into the, 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 you know, to the year, now it's going back to what my original assessment was of them and they should not have this record no. you know that they have um you know they've been kind of fortunate i'm not really impressed with uh coach Nagy. you know um some of his his uh points in the game you know have been questionable but of course it's very challenging in the nfl um, it's not easy um but looking at uh, what's going on against the saints you know uh the bears um you know, have the fewest yards per game, you know, in the NFL, um, you know, as far as their rushing game. And the Saints are number four in the league against the run. And so the uh, the Bears' pass defense is pretty pretty tough, but the run defense is, is pretty putrid. And so um, Drew Brees, of course, he's been figuring out ways to win the game. 
he has the number one completion percentage in all of the NFL, and he's been doing this without Michael Thomas, who is expected to come back this week. And so when you look at the overall firepower of the Saints, in spite of the fact that their defense uh, against the pass, um, you know, is, is not bad. Um, you know, Drew Brees may struggle a little bit. You never know. But then when you factor in Alvin Kamara, who, uh, again, is probably – I don't know who else would be, like, the more dual threat, you know, between running and receiving. Right. Uh, the, you know, the man can do it all. You know, so when looking at the fact, again, although it's on the road and Saints historically don't play well on the road – and it is in Chicago, but it's not December Chicago. You know, I think that the uh, the Saints should be able to to handle this four points. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I think that might even be a little conservative. So to recap, you have the Bucks minus ten and a half versus the Giants. You have the Rams minus three and a half versus the Dolphins, and the Saints minus four versus the Bears. G man, we always appreciate it. With about thirty seconds left, if you want to let people know where they can find you and uh, learn more about what you do. Yeah, um, the uh, the business, um, you know, aspects that, uh, that I'm involved with, um, you know, go if you're in the real estate um, industry, go check out actualtour.com. Um, Big Bongo Production is, is our entertainment arm. Um, anytime there's any kind of show productions for Seagulls Tendency um, or other, um, you know, musicians and entertainers in the area, you know, that's something that they can go to also. And, of course, the, you know, the G-Man, you know, we, uh, we're hanging out here every Friday, you know, right now. Um, I apologize for not uh, having video ready, but, uh, you know, I said to have some business, you know, out of town, Integrity Farms that we have to deal with, you know, a little two and three day jaunts <laughs> and, uh, you know, come back and take care of business here. That's it. Life happens. Well, we always look forward to talking football on Fridays with you, G-Man. Always appreciated. When we come back, folks, we're heading to the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. We'll see you guys in just a few. See you. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, folks, we did it. We've reached the end of the week, the final segment of the show. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 30th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Yes, I am. Thanks, Ric Flair. You just saved us from the Stay Puff. No problem, Christian. I can't do a Ric Flair. So that's right. why I have the woo button. I can't do That's why you that got Macho very, Man. Yeah, that guy's very spazzy. I like Ric Flair, <laughs> but he's very intense. That is true. Well, folks, while you are there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. And we care about you guys so much so that we do this segment each and every day where we drop a little knowledge, hopefully make you laugh as well. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. 
Thank you, Siri. I still like that every time. Ah, I love it. All right, uh, kicking off this day in history. This day in 1502, if I tell you the name Vasco da Gama, what comes to mind, Tony? Master de la Gada? <laughs> Vasco da Gama. Vasco da Gama. Um, Tabasco. <laughs> I don't know. I like good Tabasco. Uh, no, Vasco da Gama was a famous explorer and spice trader. And on this day, he returned to Calicut, India for the second time, where he brought back all, <laughs> all sorts of uh, spices to his homeland. I want to say Spain. I don't think he was Italian. I think he was Spanish. But uh, Spaniards. Nonetheless, you know, uh, a spice trade was huge back in, you know, that mid, uh, you know, 14th century, 16th century. Um, and obviously, it's the reason why we've got many of the things we have today. Moving on, Tony, this day in 1866. What if I tell you the name Jesse James? Jesse James, outlaw, cowboy. Motorcycle also, builder. Yeah, motorcycle there was the other. And there's also a girl named Jesse James, too, that's not bad looking. Wasn't she a porn actress? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe well, not. We're talking about the outlaw this day in 1866. Jesse James' gang robs a bank in Lexington, Missouri, steals a whopping $2,000. Ooh, well worth it. Give me all your money. <laughs> Dance, boy. And I'm sure if you do the conversion, that's equal to like... 10 billion. I, I don't know what the conversion is, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 but two grand back then had to have been a ton. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't seem like that much today, though. Uh, moving on this day in 1873, P.T. Barnum Circus, the greatest show on earth, debuts in New York City, full of animal cruelty and uh, clowns and bearded ladies. Ugh, I hate clowns. Hate them. <laughs> uh, we all float down here, Tone. We all float. I have them right down here. They all float at the bottom shelf down there. You can see on the screen. That's where it sits, right there. Moving on this day in 1899, British Morning Post reporter Winston Churchill reaches Cape Town. I didn't realize that he was a reporter before he became prime minister. I didn't either. I thought that was... For those... I I got some in my throat, sorry. I had mute for a sec. Did you get it? And we're back. You're yeah, good? I got right. whatever it was. Yeah, it was a little bit of whatever was in the smoothie, a little uh, of the uh, protein or something. <laughs> All right, moving on this day in 1938. This, I, I would have loved to have been alive when this happened to see the mass hysteria. A radio broadcast of H.G. Wells, The War of the Worlds, narrated by Orson Welles, allegedly causes mass panic. Uh, again, people were convinced that they aliens were invaded. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, terrifying for people who didn't realize it was just a radio program. That's what I always think when we start that this day in here, uh, this day in history. I always think of it like an Orson Welles, like radio. I picture like the old school box uh, where there was obviously just the speaker and people would sit around it. Like my grandma had one of those. Um, not that we listened to it, but I remember seeing it as a kid. Um, but that's what I picture is like a voice matter. The aliens are coming down right now. See, they're taking <laughs> over. And uh, oh my God, the building is down. A big uh, alien. We need to get some water out here. They, they heard they fear the water. <laughs> and back then they had to do their sound effects live. So they had like, <sighs> yeah, they had bells and whistles and giant sheets yeah. for thunder. And yeah, now we get to just push a button. Has the planet yeah. gone mad? Makes life that much easier. Yeah, it's fun. 
All right, this day in 1940, film premiere of One Night in the Tropics is the first film for Abbott and Costello. Were you an Abbott and Costello fan or a little <laughs> no, before your time? No, not really. I, I was more a Laurel and Hardy. Okay, all right. No, I don't know. It's, uh, Abbott and Costello, obviously huge in the uh, you know early comedian world. But, uh, you know, all that older stuff is not... I, I'm too young. I'm, I can actually say this for once. I'm too young for that. I don't... <laughs> never really quite got it so well and they had a series of movies where they did like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Abbott and Costello meet Dracula you know back when the universal monsters were big and that would have been yeah. fun to to you know uh, be a part of and and uh, they got replaced by Scooby and Shaggy right like so like Scooby we're gonna be Frankenstein <laughs> My voice can't do that today. Uh, in baseball history, this day, 1963, Sandy Koufax wins the National League MVP award, and that just Ooh. just an all-around good player. Yeah, Sandy Koufax was awesome. <laughs> he was. And then finally, this day in 1987, the song "Faith" debut album by George Michael is released. No, not the Limp Biscuit version. We're talking. I like the Limp Biscuit version. We're talking. It's funny you mentioned Faith. I actually heard that song last night. I had a random uh, work mix just with 80s, 90s, a little rock, you know, just everything. And that song came on last night. I'm like, <laughs> now get the F up. And of course, fans of uh, Deadpool know that uh, George Michael is part of Wham! Wham! <laughs> All right, folks, before we head into the long weekend and over to Halloween, we've got some holidays to run down for you. For instance, holidays. today is Buy a Donut Day. I think I might just Yum. partake in that. Today is Checklist Day. I've always got a checklist. Today is Create a Great Funeral Day. Okay. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in the forest. It is Frankenstein Friday. <laughs> Frankenstein, what's gotten into you? <laughs> It is National <laughs> Bandana Day. Oh, sweet. I'm going to wear it around my face as a mask. It is Mischief Night. Oh, you know it. It's Haunted Refrigerator Night. I'm not sure what yep, that is. There's a lot of dead bread and cheese and <laughs> milk. Speaking of bread, it's also National Breadstick Day. <laughs> Me, <Right>? lucky breadsticks. <laughs> it is uh, the Polarizing National Candy Corn Day. Candy corn. Candy corn. <laughs> and to round things out, it is National Publis Day, Publicist Day, National Texture X Day, National Speak Up for Service Day, Pumpkin Bread Day, World Lemur Day, and Sugar Addiction Awareness Day. Nameless one, I'm texting you after the show. <laughs> Folks, that does it for our Friday show. Have a wonderful weekend and a safe Halloween. We'll see you guys Tuesday. Okay.